Welcome to the series, The Role of Business in Society, sponsored by Koch Industries on WTOP.com. My guest today is John Buckley, Manager of Military Relations for Koch Industries. John, welcome to the program. Well, good morning, and thank you for including me today. John, we're here today to talk about uh, this overarching theme of the role of business in society, but today's discussion will focus specifically on a skills gap that the country faces in manufacturing and how veterans can help fill that gap. Can you set the scene for us and give us some context about uh, this issue and how veterans can can help solve it? Sure. So if you think about today's economy and you think about the introduction of technology, manufacturing has been advanced tremendously. But you you look at the challenges associated with the generation that's retiring. The baby boomers are retiring at a remarkable rate. Education, in many cases, is not keeping up with the introduction of technology. Moreover, there seems to be an overemphasis on college education, which isn't necessarily bad, but it removes any kind of focus on the skills and the skilled trades that are necessary for manufacturing. So today, if you look at a lot of manufacturers across the country, there is a huge skills gap. Companies are having difficulty finding the appropriately skilled individuals to do the job to meet the requirements of the booming economy and the needs of the customers. So when you look at the skills trades and those requirements that are necessary to work within manufacturing, there's a good comparison to those skills and experiences that are in our military. Additionally, you look at the numbers of veterans who leave military service and return to civilian life. Those numbers are roughly 1.25 million veterans that will be retiring over the next five years or separating, not just retiring. And they have some unique skills and abilities, not just the skilled trades that we're looking for in manufacturing, but some of the the soft skills, some of the ability to be creative and critical thinkers that are necessary to adapt to the new technology or even create new technology. They come with some unique skills in the technology arena already. There's advanced technology that are used in our weapon systems today. Additionally, they've got integrity. They have a teamwork focus. They come with some unique training within the diversity and inclusion arena, and they perform under pressure. So you take a look at some of those unique skills and skilled trades as well as those soft skills that I just mentioned, and they make a perfect fit into the skills gap that we have in manufacturing today. You make a compelling point and make a lot of great comparisons between what a service member may have contributed in the battlefield during their time of service and how that relates or translates well to uh, manufacturing. So talk to me a little bit about what can be done to make that connection uh, and start having more veterans involved in the hiring process and the recruiting process of the manufacturing sector. I take a look at the training and certification that every military person is supposed to get when they separate from active duty service. But I don't want to exclude those tremendous reservists, so members that work in the National Guard and the reserve component in general. 
as well as maybe some that are veterans that have been in our communities now for a while. But I want to focus a little bit more on, on that first group, those who are taking off their uniform, because I used that number, the 1.25 million that will be moving into the civilian sector over the next five years, because they seem to have some tremendous barriers to that transition. That if companies are aware of those barriers, they can accommodate or help overcome those barriers, and I think that's what's necessary. Everybody who is in uniform is required to take one-week training provided by the military service within the last year of their military service. But that one week's of training, one week worth of training really is not comparable to the requirements necessary to make that transition. So as an example, to put this into perspective, when I came on active duty, I was given anywhere from 9 to 12 months of training to prepare me to be a service member and to be a leader in the infantry in the Army. But when I took off my uniform after 30 years of military service, I was given this one-week training to become a civilian again. And that, that is not sufficient. So I could go through all of these barriers, but I think the one that tends to be the heart of the challenge is what I call the communication and culture gap. And really, it's an abyss. And it comes from the fact that we made a decision as a country to go to a volunteer force. So everybody that goes into the active component is a volunteer. And we lose that connection with society rather quickly. So when we return to that society, we find ourselves being misunderstood underappreciated and and that communication culture gap just leads to so many problems that's an interesting road to go down john and i and i i find it fascinating that you bring up how there's a loss of societal connection do you think that having some immediate path forward from the time that the uniform is taken off to having a job in place and in this case in the manufacturing field helps reestablish that societal connection quicker or more effectively? Well, I think there's several things that we can do as a society, but also I think our businesses and business leaders could take advantage of that. And and one of those simply is to realize the mutual benefit and and the association that exists between the business and its customers, which is our society which is the same organization, and well, maybe not organization, but the same component that provides the young men and women to serve in the military. So if you understand that connection, I think we can do a better job of incorporating our young men and women into the military so that we orient and focus a little bit more on making relevant skills and, and, and experiences and, and using terms and references that might simplify some of that transition back into society. But again, remember, when you sign on the dotted line to serve your country, your focus is on providing that safety and secure environment. So it's not necessarily to prepare and improve your service back in the civilian community. That is uh, really something that the individual and or our business leaders needs to apply. And, and I think that that can increase the, the uh, recruiting. So let me put this into perspective, if I could. 
recently, eight, we've, we found that 80% of our enlisted comment that a relative or family member served in the military, and that's what attracted them to military service. And roughly 35% are saying their parents have served. So the segment of our society that's putting on a uniform is getting smaller and smaller as well. So after 12-plus years of combat in Iraq and Afghanistan recently, we have found that some of those informal mentors in our society are no longer encouraging military service. So the the preachers and chaplains and religious leaders, the coaches, the teachers, those folks who have an influence on our young men and women are not necessarily encouraging military service because they don't themselves understand and appreciate what that means. So if you, again, put that into perspective and say those folks who are putting on the uniform are enabling our society to remain as it is with its freedoms and liberty, then that's what enables our businesses to succeed and flourish, then there would be more emphasis, I, I would think, to put on military service. I'm speaking with John Buckley. He's the manager of military relations for Coke Industries. John, are there any examples that you can think of of companies or businesses who do this well? Because you had mentioned that that when a, a service member goes into the military, their focus is on serving an active duty. Uh, and, and then that next step oftentimes is on, as you had mentioned, the individual or the business community. Are there any examples that you can share or that you've seen where this is being done well? There are several companies out there that are doing a lot well. But I think we fail in many areas to do it in a comprehensive approach. And what I mean by that is there's many businesses out there that are doing some good recruiting and they're identifying some quality military individuals making that transition to come and work for their company and and they're being attractive. But they failed to realize what it takes to then retain that individual, retain that, that veteran. And in addition to that, I think they failed to recognize some of the skills that they can bring to appropriately provide the growth and advancement opportunities. And so what we're finding today, although the unemployment rate is low, historically low, the underemployment statistics are very poor, as well as the retention numbers are very poor. So what that tells me, at least, is we've made some tremendous advancements in identifying military people and introducing them to our workforce, but that's where the assistance stops. And again, if you understand the military to civilian transition barriers, then I think you would build a much more comprehensive program. And that's what we're trying to do at Coke Industries. So I see several companies, and I, I don't want to single anybody out, but I see several companies doing some of these things well, but I've really not seen very many companies who do it in a comprehensive manner and do that well. So essentially, there's there's room for growth across the board, across the business community to perhaps make this more of a priority or invest more time or resources or energy into it. I believe so. I, I think if you understand some of these barriers, and, I, and I'll focus again on this communication and culture gap, you may understand and appreciate what you need to do. So in the military, for example, 
individuals are promoted rather rapidly or they get new jobs within every two years. And they build this knowledge and, and, and a comprehensive view on their individual growth and requirements for that growth. They understand where they need to be in the next 18 months. They understand the impact that it might have on their family. They understand if they need to move to take on the next job. And so when they move into the private sector, the growth and advancement opportunities aren't necessarily on a schedule like they're used to. And when they've been working for 18 months, they're looking for the next job, and it's not necessarily going to be there. The transition of leadership isn't consistent with the military. So understanding that cultural approach to growth and advancement as a business, then maybe you could organize and arrange to have coaching and mentoring early on in that career development so that you can prepare them for the next job. You can coach and teach them. And that's that's what we're doing uh, at Coke Industries. We're taking uh, an approach that says this is not a career ladder. It's a jungle gym. And what I mean by that is we really try to explore that individual's strengths and weaknesses and, and the skills and experiences that they bring to the table and look beyond what they're currently doing and try to help them self-actualize. I think you you bring up some great points there, and it's interesting um, for you to talk about the experience for an active duty service member who may change jobs every two years, like you mentioned, or is constantly in a state of skills training and development, and then leaving that environment and coming back to civilian life is really, as you had explained it, almost like a culture change or a culture shock because they're used to that constant training, that constant development, um, and then moving to the next thing. And then they come out and it's different. Maybe the movement doesn't happen as often or the training doesn't happen as often. And perhaps they're coming at it from uh, a different set of expectations than what their business career would allow. Is that fair? That that's absolutely fair. I think there there are several other associated barriers. I just gave you the one cultural difference. I think that that can create problems. Another sometimes is the adjusting to a different authority environment. In the military, of course, it's very hierarchical, and you know who's in charge, and you can literally look on the uniform of the person standing in front of you and and conclude exactly what they're decision rights are and the the authorities that they have when you come into the private sector it, it can it's a flatter organization there is people with authority and there are decision rights delineated but it's not necessarily clear because it's a flatter organization it causes some confusion um, so th- those are just a few I think that that of the the cultural differences that a military person may bring into your organization. But then as a business and what we're trying to do here at Coke Industries is to look at why they make great employees, look at their agility and their adaptability, look at their orientation on health and safety, which is overwhelming, and and try to leverage those cultural strengths, if you will, and the education that they bring to the table. 
and, and incorporate them in, into a, a, a career that would satisfy them. And I think you had gone through and mentioned a number of the soft skills like being creative, being great critical thinkers, uh, adapting to new technologies, having integrity, working well in a team environment, a lot of diversity, performing well under pressure. Those are all skills and attributes that any employer would love to have added to their team. I think so. And again, I think that's that's a strength that they would bring into a manufacturing environment. We we did some research over the course of a couple of years, starting back in 2014, and we looked at some of those strengths and we've identified those. And that's what we try to use to educate our hiring managers and our supervisors. In most cases, they're non-veteran. If you look again, I, I threw some numbers at you as to the percentage of of family members who served in the military, but but when you look at it in a bigger perspective, 94% of our society, 94% never put on a uniform. And so that 6% includes some of those World War II vets and Korea vets. So you look at the workforce, roughly 3.5% of that 6% are still in the workforce. That's a very, very small component of our workforce. And so... Many of the non-veterans who are in those leadership positions don't understand and certainly don't appreciate some of these strengths that these veterans bring to the table. And so we try to educate them on that culture. We try to educate those business leaders on those strengths so that then they can leverage them for their benefit, for the, for the company's benefit, and for the individual's opportunities to self-actualize. John, so far here, we've talked a lot about how veterans are a great and natural fit for uh, the business community upon returning to civilian life. Talk to me about some of the biggest areas of need that the manufacturing sector has that veterans can help fill uh, and solve some of those problems. Where's the manufacturing sector going, the industry going, uh, where they have the greatest need? Of course, each I, I would think each company is going to be a little bit different in their needs. When you look across Coke company, for example, Coke Industries, for example, some of the Coke companies we have are a little bit different, and they have different needs as well. But what we find across the board is is in the operations arena is is in great need. We find a lot of the skilled trades to include the instrumentation electronic arena. Those two jump out at me, for example, that that are are constantly being looked for. I mean, we're we're looking for those skills. I think when you look at the ability to apply technology, we have program programmatic logic controllers (PLCs) that drive a lot of our manufacturing, so that we can turn our operations into 24-hour operations. And and that ability to translate functions into those digital needs is important. And I think those are skills that our military people can bring into the workforce, regardless of service. And so if a business wants to take advantage of that, I think it's really important and incumbent upon them to do the research to find out where these skills reside within the military that would help them do help them in their recruiting. There's no need to go to a military base that that may be focused on on skills or or have a predominance of skills that aren't needed in manufacturing. But if you know how to translate those skills back into the military occupational specialties, then you know where to focus. 
So those those three in particular, I think, really, I, I guess I laid out four. Those seem to be skills that are always in, in great need uh, across Coke industries for sure. John, if you look down the road, say, five years from now, what does this situation look like? How how does it look better? Uh, what are the what are the outcomes that you think make this successful or at least going in that direction? I think the military and the government in general has identified some things that they can do to enable the transition, the military to civilian transition. For example, one of the barriers today is the lack of credentialing as well as the perception of a lack of education and work history. And so the the services are trying to, I guess, translate the military training into something, into a credentialing program that would be more accepted in the private sector. So in other words, we have individuals who, we have military people who have to go through special training to get certified and to get a, a some sort of a, a certificate to show that they're skilled in a certain area. And the feedback is, we didn't learn anything in this training whatsoever, but now I walk out with a certificate. And it's because they get that same kind of training in the military. So the military is trying to enable that and simplify that so that there's no need for additional training or education to, to get this, this piece of paper. And I think that that's going to make huge inroads into the transition. I see, as I said before, a lot of companies who have identified the strengths of the veteran in their workforce, and so they're really doing a lot. There's a lot of programs out there. There's the uh, Heroes Make America program that is a tremendous initiative that is really enabling these companies and these individuals to, to connect on, on the right skills. Uh, the, the Hiring Our Heroes Corporate Fellowship Program is another one that does a tremendous service to the military. It puts the individual into a business for about 10 to 12 weeks while they're still on active duty, and it enables the business as well as the individual to really identify the strengths of the training and where they might fit within that company. So I think when you look at some of these initiatives, we're really making the the military to civilian transition easier and simpler and much more streamlined. But my caution, again, is to what happens after you've hired them. And I think that's where... Coke Industries is trying to set an example and I think can share some of the lessons that they've learned over the over the course of about four or five years to improve the retention, reduce the turnover, and absolutely create more growth and advancement opportunities that is relevant to each individual. John, we've hit a number of key points here today and covered a lot. As we close out our discussion, what are your final thoughts? I think if we really want to thank a veteran for their service, we shouldn't wait till Veterans Day to pass on that trite phrase of thank you for your service. In some cases, our veterans don't really know how to respond. I still struggle with with exactly what I need to say in response, mainly because our society really doesn't understand 
what it is that we do for them, how we do that for them, and moreover, the impact that it has on each individual and their challenges in trying to fit in back in society. And so I, I guess my final comments would be we can do more, we can do better, we can continue to focus on helping the veteran assimilate and acclimate not just into a company or business, but back into society. And the values that these individuals bring with them will then in turn benefit society, not just local communities, but also businesses and the output the businesses provide to the, the value that they provide to their society and their customers. John Buckley is the manager of military relations for Coke Industries. John, thanks so much for your time. Well, thank you very much. Again, I appreciate you having me on this morning. You're listening to The Role of Business in Society, sponsored by Coke Industries on WTOP.com.